You boys are out of your mind. Ooh, yeah, dig it. A little bit of the bubbly. Christmas and happy holidays, everybody. Welcome yeah. to a special edition of Big Boys and Body Slams on this Christmas day. Ho, ho, ho. I am Zach. I am Kyle. And I am Luke. Merry Christmas, guys. Yes, we hope everybody's having a wonderful holiday when you're listening happy to Hanukkah this. Happy Hanukkah and Kwanzaa, too, if that's what you celebrate. Yeah, but... Yeah. It's on Christmas. This is Christmas. Yeah, yeah I know, but I'm still wishing the other happy people... Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Yep, I'm giving everybody their shout-out. We'll out. throw the blanket I over mean, there. I mean, there's sure. others besides the big three there. We have a very special episode for you today, as it is a Christmas Day spectacular. Uh, as far as news goes, I there's mean, not it's much the week of Christmas, of. so there's really nothing going on in the pro wrestling world of note that we haven't covered, so we can just... Say, yeah, there's really nothing. No this news week. is good news, I guess. No big controversies happened or anything. And uh, for a show this week, we kind of we're looking for a Christmas themed show, and there's really two to choose from. Uh, one of them we've already done in the archives. Uh, oh God, December to dismember, and you can go listen to that. And on you can dismember that pay per view. That was one of the best pay per views of all time. Uh, yes, highly recommended. Oh, great, great show. Uh, this time we're gonna do something a little different. We're gonna do in your house. I think it was number five. Yes, it, it was. was seasons beatings because it took place on December eighteenth, nine or December seventeenth. I apologize, nineteen ninety five. Uh, where was this show at? Hershey Park Arena in Hershey, Hershey Pennsylvania. Park in Hershey, Pennsylvania. 7,289 <laughs> You could tell this was in Pennsylvania because there was ECW chants, ECW shirts left and right. This is really when ECW was breaking out of the scene, but we're not talking about ECW. We're talking about In Your House. Is this the second or third In Your House we've done on the show? Because we've done Bad Blood. Third. Oh, bad yeah, because Bad Blood, blood wasn't, wasn't In Your House. Yeah. Correct, yeah. So this is technically the I third always forget that In Your House. In this your is house. very early on. Uh we get this little video package focusing on Brett and Davy Boy and their uh, beef that's going to come to a head tonight. Uh, and Deanna is a little torn. That, of course, is Davy Boy Smith's wife and Brett Hart's sister. What, and an author. What did you say her name was? Deanna. Diana. Did I say Deanna? Or, is it Diana or Deanna? It's Diana. Diana Hart. Uh, the author. You might know her Smith. as an author. And then we get some kick-ass, rad, Is she awesome... really an author? Yeah, she is. That's cool. That's what Wikipedia told me. Uh <laughs> Uh, then we get some really cool, rad, awesome early '90s CGI, which I appreciate a lot. <laughs> Just I love that super corny Goofy. early CG, super Goofy. fun. Say, so, you know who's on the call, right? Vincent Kennedy McMahon and Jerry Lawler, and with and a with a magnificent mullet. And Jerry has a present. Yes, he does. We'll see what that is. And Santa's there too. Yeah, Santa's there. He's giving out stuff in the crowd. We see him very briefly. Vince is. Uh, very excited about the magic of Christmas and, and uh, Lawler is season. in full. Dis- yeah, Lawler dis- is peak. Yeah. Lawler is out of control. This that, is... I can't stress enough his mullet either on the show. He, he has a yes. power mullet. It's on amazing. The show. It's Memphis worthy. It also, is incredible. This is when when they treated you know Vince was just a broadcaster. Yeah, so he was. He was as far as on screen. They just treated him like he was just. I a gotta lackey. tell you though, Jerry Lawler has barely aged. Like he's True. aged like his well, his look. He looks the same. Here he was still like in his mid thirties, right? Was he that young mid, still? Mid thirty, early forties. Yeah, yeah. 
something yeah. like that. He looks good now, still. Yeah, he just... The fact that he's had several heart attacks. One on TV. He's still, yeah. He's I like still, that you laughed about that. Come on. I mean, he's a powerful guy. It was a nervous laugh. It's all right. Good <laughs> uh, we're going to open up with a match pretty much right away, and that's going to be... Uh, get. How about these teams? The one, two, three Kid and Psycho Sid with Ted DiBiase versus Marty Jannetty and Reza Ramon, the bad guy, even though he's a good guy here. Yeah, I've yeah weird pairings. Uh, sure. This has to be the first time that these two teams respectively it, it's tagged gotta with be. each other. It's got to be. Yeah. So I think the personal beef is pretty much between the one, two, three kid and Razor here, and right? Then, and and Gold Dust. And then Sid and Janetti had something happen. Yeah. So it kind of this, you know. Uh, this is when they're still trying interests. to get Janetti to be on the Sean level. Yeah, and it ha- hasn't been happening up to this point. And I don't think it ever did. No, Nor not will really. It. Uh, Janetti and, and kids start the match off pretty fast. Uh, nice arm drags and kicks and f- jumps and fun. Kid is looking good. Fun stuff he is. He and is. you know, Marty... I'm going to get this out of the way right now. Marty can work. Marty could work, man. If Correct. he could have got rid of those personal demons, he could have done a lot more. You're not wrong. It's kind of It's kind of a Hardy Boy situation. Where Jeff probably could have been a lot more if he could have got rid of his personal demons. Yeah, and I think Janetti's the same way. I also love uh, the chicken shit heel work by the one, two, three kid when Razor first got tagged in in this match, and he tried running away, but DiBiase kind of like pushed him back into the ring, or was it? I think it was DiBiase who kind of yeah. like pushed him back into the ring. I like that. And then we get to go to a Goldust interview because Goldust is uh, at ringside. Razor has something that Goldust wants, Pettengill. and uh, it's not the Intercontinental Championship; it's his wiener because oh. he he wants to fuck. Razor Ramon. Okay. <laughs> Bruce Pritchard on something about, uh, or something to wrestle, something about wrestling, whatever it's called. Along came Polly. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Has said uh, that Goldust was not gay. He was androgynous. Correct. This was gay. This, that, which isn't a problem, no, by the way. No, no. It's fine. It's a very fun promo, but I mean, come on. We all know what Goldust was talking about here. I mean, but he also was with Marlena, dude. That's true. Here's the thing. If if you're into both, you're not. it's not called gay. Uh, at any rate, he tells Todd Pettengill that he would like uh, he would like him to give Razor Ramon this uh, letter in this golden envelope that he has for him, and he says, "Please give this to him." That, that, was, a, that was spot was on. Is that a good goal? Wow, I we pra- are I, on our I, shit. Today. I practiced this morning. Oh, and man. Uh, that's that. And we cut back to the ring. And uh, there's some fun stuff happening while we're in picture in picture. By the way, one of the things I love that happened was one, two, three, kid. He was going for like a Bronco Buster or something. And he just wiped out. Yes, he did. Big he time. just bumped like a fool. I also loved when Razor slapped the piss out of him. Oh, yeah. He did, too. He yeah. finally got his hands on him. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, when by the way, there's a hot tag this towards the end of this match. And Razor Ramon is over here in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Because he he's one of the most cheered people on this entire show. Well, he people love Razor. Oh, man. oh, he, he did. was awesome. He yeah. did. Uh, and then they kind of fight him and Sid have a big brawl for a while before there's a middle rope bulldog that puts Sid away and Razor Ramon gets the pin for his team in 12 minutes and 22 seconds. What'd you guys think of this match? You I know, thought it was a pretty decent opening what, match. What'd you give it? What'd I give it 2.75. Uh, I thought it was a good opening match, a little short, but that's a theme for a lot of the matches on this show. So one thing Pritchard said, uh, actually in this last podcast that he put out was that they had an hour and 55 minutes usually to work with. So they pretty much had to have a tight, tight schedule, yeah, and that's which is about why where some of these matches were so short. This match was good. Uh, 2.75 as well. Almost three. Almost yeah, three. I really close. liked it. Um, I kind of wavered from the 2.5 to 2.75 a little bit because of the length, but I think I'm going to stick with the 2.75 because I enjoyed it. There, yeah. there wasn't any, really anything wrong with it. I enjoyed it. And it got Razor over. What did you yep. think, Luke? I gave it two and a half. Um, 
I also really enjoyed it. And the fact that these guys probably had no tag chemistry together whatsoever, yeah. or at least experience under their belt, uh, made it even more impressive. Peak Razor, Peak Scott Hall is amazing. Yeah, he looks so behold. good. He Be- looks so good. Before I get into my discussion, I also want to point out that Razor, without the uh, the problems in his personal life, probably could have been a top star anywhere. He already was. Oh, he was. Like, yeah, he, he was. Could have been, he, he could have been the man. He could have been the. He could have been a multi-time world champion. Yeah, and I think, God, he he had the look. Yep. He had the gimmick. Yep. He had the skills. He yep. had the charisma. He had it all. He's great. Also, if I remember correctly, especially from that Pritchard podcast, the the Gold Dust and Razor thing ended up not going really anywhere because. Razor, Razor, didn't was, like Razor so was uncomfortable working with yeah. that story. Scott yeah. was very uncomfortable. Unfortunately, because it. it was interesting. I mean, for as much as that kind of dogged on it, it was a very interesting uh, interview, and I was interested to see where it was going to go. So this week, we don't have a big show. It's not a long show. Well, so instead of asking questions... Well, it's a short show. show. <laughs> I'm going to ask you guys, since this is a season to be thankful. Okay. What is your favorite Razor Ramon slash Scott Hall moment? Like what? What? What was your favorite one? When he first showed up at WCW, Nitro. that's like the one that always sticks in my head because I was watching that Nitro live and oh hey, Razor Ramon's in the crowd. My favorite Scott Hall moment is when he sold the stunner. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah he was, had a great sell for that yeah. stunner. Yeah, yeah, he he did great. What about you? You know, I really like the WCW uh, debut, like you said. I also really liked when the NWO came back to WWE, and. That's about it. Yeah, I mean, those are probably my two favorites. The ladder uh, match with Sean. The ladder match with Sean's up there. Amazing. So, what about Pac? What about X Pac? Oh, What's his, his whole tag team run with Kane, I loved. Yeah. I I think any DX moment is. Yeah, I mean, be the invasion there. was super fun. He was with them then, right? Yes. Yes. Because he was like he, he wrestled in two thousand one. God, was it Tajiri? And it was just a really good match at SummerSlam two thousand one. I believe it was Tajiri. I'm going to fact check myself when Luke's telling me his favorite X-Pac moment. I mean, my favorite. That's tough. That's tough because not a lot comes to your head besides some of the wackier just DX moments in general. Yeah. Um, I think the Invasion's a great one. Uh, but I can't point to like, I don't have like an absolute favorite X-Pac match. It was X-Pac Tajiri at SummerSlam 01. That was just fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I love that little I'd, bastard. I'd say, the, I'd say the Invasion. Yeah. You know what? People are giving him grief for being a two-time ch- Hall of Famer. He should be a three-time. As, as himself as well. Yep. Okay. Sure. Why not? Put him in with Kane too. Yeah. Oh. Four time. Well, let's Hall. put him in the one two three kid oh, as well. Five time Hall of Famer. What about X Factor? Six time yep, Hall of Famer. Yep. All right. Let's <laughs> go to the next thing. Yay! This is great. Uh, up next. Damn. We're going to go. The King is in the ring, or he's making his way Wait, to his sir, ring. Sir, sir, please do not skip over the superstar line. Isn't that on there? Yeah, oh yeah, they cut to the. We see the hotline. Yep, which doesn't work, by the way. You can talk. Already, to, oh, you can talk to either Sonny or Jacques Rougeau. It's a really tough choice. Yeah, Jacques, Jacques who looks like he's about to sleep, and Sonny, who's like yelling at someone on the phone. Which is what she was doing in the other in your house. Yeah, with Farouk. yeah, that's right. Uh, so you can call that if you so wish. It doesn't go anywhere, but I mean, hey, you can. I like how they didn't even bother blurring the number out this time either. <laughs> no, it doesn't work though. Uh, and then the king's in the ring. The king is in the ring. The king of the ring. <laughs> and he's got a surprise. He's got a gift in his hand, and he says, I have something for you guys. And no, it's not Santa Claus or something like that, because Santa doesn't want to see all you idiots. And then he introduces Double J. J. Oh. Ain't he great? Wait, Jeff wait, Jarrett. wait. Wait, his name is J E Double F J A Double R E Double T. Ha ha. Jeff Jarrett. 
That was yep. awesome. Did you guys rehearse that? Yep. Clearly. Uh, <laughs> I think we've watched a lot of Jeff Jarrett matches. So out <laughs> comes Jarrett <laughs> with his corny that's country song intro, and he comes out and there he's just healing it up, basically saying that he's the best there ever is. But not was or no, that would have been gimmick infringement. Correct. And then King's like, I got something for you, and he unwraps the present, and it's a uh, framed gold CD of Jeff Jarrett's big number one album that he had, and uh, it's a big feel good moment. And then Jeff Jarrett says, I'm going to stick around for the next match with you guys with the announce team, and then that leads to the next match, which is Dean Douglas, what's supposed to be Dean Douglas, who is future Shane Douglas. Yes, Uh, current Shane Douglas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what I meant. Absolutely, ECW (laughs) World Champion. He comes out and he's like, hey, listen, uh, I was going to come out here and take all you guys to school. Get it? Because he's the dean. <laughs> he's a teacher. And uh, he says, but I'm not going to do that because my back is only 65% healthy. And even though. Approximate. Even though at 65%, I could still beat up Ahmed Johnson. I just better. I better listen to the doctors. So he brings out. Uh, no name McGee, Buddy Landell. Buddy Landell with the most obvious Ric Flair gimmick infringement I've ever seen. You know, I looked up Buddy Landell because I thought. It was in the lineage of the uh, Nature Boys, and he probably had a cool backstory. No. Just Buddy Landell. Yeah. He's just, just Buddy, Buddy Landell. Yeah, he's yeah. just a guy. Uh, so he comes out, and he's going to wrestle he's Ahmed Johnson. He drew the short straw here, because now he's got to wrestle Ahmed, who is jack stacked and cracked on this man oh, he dude, is he looking good uh by the way ahmed johnson was always i don't know anyone else here played wwf Warzone for the playstation Correct. one oh, he was always did. my go-to guy i don't know the why Pearl river plunge for the win it was always it was ahmed was always my go-to so it's fun to see him here uh this is essentially a squash match essentially it's a 45 uh, second squash correct match. ahmed wins with a pro, pro river plunge the, the you heard me what'd you guys think you rate it first half a star I mean, I give it one. Yeah, I give it one too. Sure, there wasn't really. Did you give it one or two? One. Okay. One point two. One point two. One point two. Okay, I like that. Yeah, that yeah. Okay, okay. Um, hey, it did its job. It made a mod. Yeah, it was a fun. Squash. And then, what? Explain what happens after the match. Uh, after the match, uh, <laughs> Ahmed Johnson takes like the little paddle, and I like this. He like kind of spanks Dean Douglas in the ass with it. It's kind of kinky. Where's Gold Dust? I don't know. Gold Dust should have been here for that. And then uh, Jeff Jarrett uh, ambushes him. Him being Ahmed Johnson. And beats him up. He hits him over the head with his... Bre- like, that's not very his thoughtful. Nice, his nice-ass his, old record. Jerry, Jerry Lawler. Lawler spent hours putting that gift together for him, probably the night before the pay-per-view. And then he just breaks it over Ahmed Johnson's head. That's pretty rude. And then Ahmed Johnson recovers and chases him to the back. And that's going to... Oh, and by the way, Jeff Jeff Jarrett's in the Royal Rumble, too. I forgot to mention yeah, that. Yeah, number one. He was the first entrant confirmed for uh, the Royal Rumble. So this one was hard to come... This is one of the reasons I kind of did our discussion this way. Let's talk about Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. Let's talk about what our favorite Jeff Jarrett oh, moments you, you are. You didn't want to go over the extensive career of Ahmed Johnson? Nope, or Buddy Landell. Uh, the good housekeeping match with China for the Intercontinental title. I said it. I was super into Team Jarrett, Planet Jarrett, when he had Gail Kim and America's Most Wanted yeah. and all those guys together. Absolutely. I also like the honeymoon segment from Victory Load 11 a lot. Where they went to the Universal Studios. No, no, we hate it. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. No, I didn't want to remember that ever again. <laughs> Uh, the whole slap nuts gimmick I thought was fun when I was a kid. So in that's WCW, I remember. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, wanted the short, slap nuts shirt so bad, but short, I knew I was never going to get one. It was definitely the best. Um, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I think definitely King of the Mountain Jeff Jarrett was the best. Like, yeah, he was, the he TNA was Jeff by Jarrett. far yeah. the most entertaining yeah, for sure. Other places, he was just kind of spinning his wheels and trying to find his yeah his spot. He never lacked like. confidence though. That's something you can't knock Jarrett for. He was a confident fella. Man, he had him and Kurt Angle had some bangers in TNA too. That was, a per- that was a personal rivalry. Oh, uh, yeah. And then him and, him and AJ Life as well. Stealer. One of the weirdest dynamics. Oh, for sure. Uh, I also really like when Jeff Jarrett fought Elias in Portland. Yeah, we were there for that. We were. That's, why I like, yeah. that's the only reason I like it. Yeah, understandable. 
Oh, okay. Is there any, any of the Jeff Jarrett thoughts we want to share for Double J? Merry Christmas, Double J, friend of the podcast. I mean, the guitar shot always got me. Oh, yeah. And the theme song in TNA. I don't remember his theme song in TNA. Thank you for doing your rendition of it, though. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. <laughs> um, My world. Hope True. you're having a good day, Jeff Jarrett, if you're listening. And I hope you're doing well. Uh, Fraser Ramon's interview. Merry Christmas, Jeff Jarrett. Uh, backstage, and he's got to fight Yokozuna for the title tomorrow. Intercontinental title. Yeah, the Intercontinental title that he holds, him being Razor. And then Pettengill hands him a note from Goldust. He reads it, looks disgusted, and runs away. And that's all we're ever going to see of that on the show, so... Sorry if you that wanted was great. to know what was going on. You'd have to watch Raw the next night, I guess. Which is fine, by the way. That's right. a fine teaser to do. Uh, and now we're going to get to uh, the best hog pen match of all time. Uh, Henry Godwin versus Triple H with Hillbilly Jim. We, we asked the professor today how many hog pen matches there were. He was able to pull this one from he, his memory bank. Yeah, yeah, this I think was the only one he could come up with. So the object of this match is very simple. You start in the ring and you got to throw the guy into the hog pen to win the match. So can I ask something? And where's yeah. the hog pen? It's 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 like in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. it's like in between the stage and the ring. I actually like, have two things to bring up. First yeah. of all, Keith, our buddy Keith, friend of the podcast, Keith, uh, brought this up to me. Does anybody know if this was punishment for the click thing? I think him not winning King of the Ring was punishment for the for the curtain. Yeah, call. he won. I mean, he won the match, so because they're all still here, you know. So has the curtain call even happened yet? No, no, ninety six. So yeah, so no. So yeah, he, he said that he had heard that, and I wanted to fact check no, with this you was guys. Pre, well, I mean, the click was a thing, but this was right. But they call. hadn't done the curtain call. Yeah. Second of all, man, I feel bad for those poor pigs. I thought when in the end. Of, by the way, spoiler alert: uh, Helmsley sends over uh, Godwin into the pen. Henry O. And so. I thought he was laying on a pig for a second, and I was very frightened for those pigs. And then, then he, Henry O was slapping their asses and making them run. Yeah, that's not very nice. And I was like, "What is going on?" But we'll we'll talk about the match. If AEW did that, people would be up in arms. Yeah, for real, Peta. Uh, <laughs> gets to stuff like this. Uh, so uh, Hunter, as I love that he as he's making his way out to the ring. Uh, by the way, I said Triple H. This is Hunter Hearst Helmsley still. My wife was in shock. The blue when blood. She saw him. The blue. I know. He looked like a human. Like, he didn't, he didn't really? Have, he didn't have mashed potato body yet. Uh, yeah, he came. He comes out to that nice Verizon stock ringtone <laughs> that you used to hear when you called people. Yeah. He he looks over at the hog pen. And I just love his facial expressions that he's making. He looks like he's never seen a pig in his life, and I kind of like I kind of like that. Well, when you're from Greenwich. Uh, by the way, this was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. Triple H ever? gets tied into the ropes when this match begins, and Henry Godwin puts that disgusting slop, slop in you know, and around his face. I was wondering what that was. It looked like vomit. Well, no, they Pritchard's explained it before, hasn't he? he like what is it then? Mix, mix some a whole bunch of stuff together. It's viscous. Uh, th- Thanks for your explanation. Yep, yeah, you, you really helped. Yep. <laughs> Slops are us. That's, yeah, they, went to, they went to slop I mean, us. I did hear, though, that what there was once uh, where the slop bucket supposedly was had shit. poo in it when they did it when they threw it on uh, Sonny. Oh, no. I've yeah. heard that it's a, probably a had few come. times. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the bell never rings, so this match never officially starts. Just throwing. Probably unsanctioned. Let's <laughs> think about it. Yeah. Let's just think about it. Throwing this. that out there. Uh, this is kind of just a big old fight. They kind of just fight for a while. Uh, they go to the pen and they tease that someone's going to get thrown to the pen. They're throwing each other into this uh, gate of this pen. And Triple H actually gets thrown so hard into it at one point. He has this gash on his back by the end of the match. Nasty. Uh, yeah. Uh, eventually, though, like I said, they're in the ring. He hits the uh, he being Henry Godwin pronouns. Hits the uh, the slop drop to Helmsley, which is like a inverse DDT. And then he goes to clothesline him over the pen. And Helmsley tosses, him, tosses him. him behind him. And that's the match in... 
858. Yep. You know, there's not a ton to say about this match, and I should... The wheelbarrow hit- slam by Hog was cool. Yes, that was right in the beginning. That's first started. Uh, I should... This is the match on paper. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, my God. What? God, I never noticed that. What? Oh, I'm so stupid. What? Henry O. Godwin's Hog. And, F- yeah. and Phineas I. Go- oh Godwin's God. Pig. Oh, my God. Did you really it's just It's just hitting him just now. Oh, it's Wow. Gross. Because they're Hog Farmers, get it? Yeah, no. I, uh, oh, it's wow. Wow. The, the Hog Farmers, so they, everything's Bro, pigs. I never, I mean, I never, hog I never cared, I never cared about the Godwins <laughs> that much. You're not alone. Uh, Hillbilly Jim might as well have been a ghost in this match. He did nothing, uh, but it was fun to see him. Uh, you know, on paper, this is a match that I probably should have hated. But I didn't. It was really not that bad. Billy Jim's in the Hall of Fame. I, I just want I everyone know. to know that. I gave it two and a half. I, I gave it, it two and a half right. as well. I, I kind of enjoyed too. it. It was fun for what it was. I, it, it was better than it deserved to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. And then after the match, Triple H gets thrown into the hog pen for good luck. And he's, I love, he's taking bumps in this mud like I've never seen. Oh, he's slipping He and like falling. cannot stand in this mud. If it's only hilarious. He, if only he could put talent over later on his career like he did the mud right there. Yeah. The he put that mud over. Yeah. Here's the really weird thing. Like when Triple H decided to sell and he, like oversell, he was such a goofy bastard. Oh, I know. God, and you see it throughout it? his career yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. And when he, when he got a couple stunners and he was just like standing yeah. there dazed and then eventually Ric Flair. So let's talk about Triple H. Also, thank God this wasn't Phineas in this match. Trips. Yeah, seriously. What, what is your favorite Triple H moment of all time? Oh, that's a hard question. He has a lot that of That whole moments. feud with Mick Foley. Yeah, the whole Cactus Jack Evolution, stuff. mostly yeah. evolution stuff. I think for me, it's got to be the Royal Rumble Cactus Jack match. I think that's yeah. fantastic. And yep. I love it. Um, or the Hell in a Cell match. Yeah, his early DX too. stuff was yeah. great. I, I mean, even kind of like reunion his DX reunion. Good. It just w- doesn't hold up. as. See, I wasn't watching a ton of wrestling during that time, so I wasn't... Like, I don't have the like, nostalgia for and it, really. they dumped shit on the McMahons and the Spirit Squad. Yeah, and the Spirit Squad. They sent. They literally sent the Spirit Squad back to OVW. Yeah, that was funny. Uh, I, and only Dolph returned. Yeah. I mean, eventually... Remember when they came back in, like, 2015, 2016? Yeah, they were in the tag team tournament and stuff. Uh-huh. And they came back to help the... To help Do- the to Miz. Do- yeah, Miz faced Dolph, right? Yeah. And they had that big uh, angle where if Dolph lost, he had to leave the company forever. Which he ended up doing and then coming back. Yeah. Uh... Anyways, as far as Triple H goes, I mean, yeah, there's a lot. Early DX, it's also it was also fun. I remember the the spit wipers him and Sean had for Sergeant Slaughter oh, yes. when he was a Oh yeah. Oh my uh, god. The 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 strip poker game they played on Raw. The European title match where Triple H just ran the ropes the whole time. <laughs> uh, the Cactus Jacks comeback match that they had on Raw, the False Count Anywhere match was really fun. Yep. There's a lot of them. I man that. Evolution. Though. We've hated on Triple H a lot, but I mean, it, it, he's been part of some iconic moments. In I also love the authority Daniel Bryan storyline. Yeah, that was really when good Daniel too. Bryan beat him at he's, WrestleMania. That was yeah, amazing. That was he's, good also, too. he's just one of the best heels ever. Oh, for sure, for I sure. Mean, and yeah. as an exec, I just love his role right now. I do too. He's so perfect. Yeah, I mean, I, that's actually one of the Papa, best Papa moments. H. NXT NXT dad. NXT dad. Do you think we'll see him take over? No. We might seem like in person, but he's not going to be doing anything. He's just going to say, "We are NXT." <laughs> oh, that's all I really need. That's all I need. Yeah, I will be. Uh, my ass will be completely boosted. Oh yeah. Yes. Same. Uh, then we get a short video package after that, showing Diesel on a on a quest for revenge after Owen Hart killed <laughs> Shawn Michaels. Remember yeah. the fun Shawn Michaels collapsing angle? Oh, and beat and up that, Shawn and hurt him real bad. Uh, this is kind of another squash, kind of. Uh, I, it's it's a glorified squash. Uh, are you gonna hate? Yeah. So this one's four thirty four. I'm not gonna give it. Three. Are you gonna give it four, almost four and a half stars, like you did the MJF match? Yeah, okay, I gave that match three. Because and it I went gave three this, minutes. I gave this match two. Oh, okay. I just didn't know what the difference. Uh, was. I'd like the other match better. 
Uh, this ends in a DQ. Uh, maybe if I had a definitive finish, I could have given it a two and a half or two point seven five. Oh, shut up! Uh, <laughs> this match ends in a DQ after uh, did Diesel you say, did you even pushes say, the ref over. Did you say who he was facing? Did you say he's Owen? facing Owen Hart? Okay, uh, the King of Hearts because he beat up Shawn Michaels and caused Shawn Michaels collapse. If you would listen, yeah. so he hits he, he hits him with a jackknife. He's gonna give him the cocky pin, but he lifts his foot. Then he pushes Tim White. And then he gives him Poor another Tim That's probably why Tim White tried to kill no, himself. And no. I probably. I knew, I knew that was the start of a spiral. The yeah. moment that Zach it only took, Tim White. It only took 10 years for it to kick in. But <laughs> Well, he said he got hurt on the job. It's probably from Diesel. Diesel's yeah, a big guy. Diesel's a big guy. The, the moment you said Tim White, I knew exactly where Kyle was well, going. I gave it two. What'd you guys give it? Uh, I gave it two. I it, gave it two and a quarter. It nice. was fine. It yeah, was, it was fine. It, it got the job done and made Owen have some good uh, looks. And Owen was bumping his ass. So this off. show, let's just go like... Let's. We got time, you know. This we're only at twenty three minutes right now, and we're halfway through the show. This is like the halfway point. What are you guys thinking as you're watching the show and you realize I'm halfway done, over this halfway done this with the show? Bad. I was like, this is flying by. It's, it was an easy watch, right? Yeah. Um. Hey, but let's talk first about Own Heart. What's your favorite Own Heart moment? It's got to be the Slammy Awards and the King of Hearts stuff. Yeah, that was all really good. Those are my two favorites. Uh, I love enough I, is enough, and it's time for a change. But he was in the nation. nation. Nugget Nugget Owen Hart is one that always really stuck out to me. I I love Nugget. I just love the feud with Brett. Yeah, yeah. Blue Blazer stuff was even fun. I love the Blue Blazer. Yeah. What about uh, was that SummerSlam him and Brett? Yes. Yeah, that match. and they wrestled at WrestleMania. Yeah, and they, we yeah. watched them WrestleMania ten as well. Right. Um, what about Diesel? What's your favorite Diesel moment? Is it when he lawn darted Rey Mysterio into the truck? Oh, absolutely. That, I think that's oh everybody. My God. <laughs> that was amazing. Good, good. So we're just saying just Diesel. No, you can do Kevin Nash too. Oh, okay. Uh, Kevin that was Nash Kevin was, Nash. Yeah, that was Kevin Nash. Right. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Um, the man or the man. Uh, I also loved when he yeah. was. Like the babysitter for the X Division and TNA, and they were playing like. Uh, Dude, he did some funny shit. In TNA. They were they were doing like, uh, oh, what's where you, that you walk musical chairs, and they were playing. Kevin Twister. Ash is such a naturally funny guy. Oh yeah, he's and hilarious. like I feel like you never got to see it that much when he in wrestling. Like sometimes you would. I enjoyed him in the Longest Yard. Oh yeah, he was in that. That's your favorite Kevin Nash moment. That's yeah, all time. No, okay. it, it was pretty. It was I don't know. Longest Yard was great. Kevin Nash was great. There's a lot of fun. Nash like Kevin Nash. The lawn dart is always going to stick you, out. You uh, you have a, a nice little autograph Kevin Nash boot over here. I do. I could fit both of my feet. Is that worn by the way? In no. that boot, like if in one in front of the Who other. Who signed it? Dixie. What is uh, Diesel. Diesel. Oh, he just signed. Oh, both. he signed it twice. Nice. He signed it as Kevin Nash and Diesel. Uh, if you didn't know, because You're you didn't know what possibly. Hog was, uh, Diesel and Kevin Nash are the same person. Dude, next you're going to tell me. Is that Papa Shango and Godfather the same person? Oh, no, not, not okay, even close. Okay, thank you. But Dr. Thank Isaac Yankum and Kane are the same person. What? Yeah. He's a very talented Dude, man. Dude, you know what? Hey, did you guys know Britt Baker's a dentist? I've heard something. I'm, qu- I'm quitting wrestling. I don't <laughs> even... You know what? I'm over it. Uh, and that's a shoot. Uh, yeah, and after that, I love... There's this little bit where we see Helmsley and Godwin on the hotline, both still covered in mud. I don't know why, but I thought that was a hilarious visual. Oh, yeah. It was I'm so glad funny. they didn't like have them shower or anything. I love they that just... they're sitting back there on the phone covered in mud. <laughs> and you know Sonny is like... Eh. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I thought it was great. Uh, and then some... <laughs> this happens. Uh, Santa's in the crowd giving out shirts, and Savio Vega's helping him. And then Ted DiBiase's in the ring, and he's talking about how Santa's big, fat, and ancient, and there's no way that he can be real. And Savio Vega's like, don't you dare ruin Santa magic for me. I believe in the magic of Santa. And all the kids in the crowd are like, Santa, yeah. Santa. Yeah, yeah, with the devil horns, <laughs> yeah. uh, rock on. And then uh, he's like, well, I think Santa's real. And then, then he's Did like, you hear what Ted says to him? What? Speak English. Yeah. And I then, was like, oh, no. Well, Lawler was cringe. making fun of his accent like the whole time, too. I was like, too. this is cringe. Stop. Uh, anyway, Santa's some guy and beats him up. 
It was Balls Mahoney. Yeah, it was Balls Mahoney. Was it? Yeah. I didn't recognize him. Well, I, I, we just read. Uh, I, I googled it. Yeah. Yeah, we read. Because Vincent, now he's like, "Who's that?" Yeah, yeah. They're like, "It's a superstar." I'm like, uh, <laughs> "That's why I looked." So I was like, "That's got to be somebody." Him. Okay, I, I did not recognize him at all. Good, 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 good research. What did you guys think of the segment? I thought it sucked. I did not think it was that great, but it had me laughing. So. It was funny, but there just wasn't a Stone Cold to Stunner Santa. Nope. Uh, and then Mabel, next, oh, I no. love this. Mabel's like, I'm not scared of the Undertaker. Uh, don't tell me I am. And I know I ran away from it at the Survivor Series, but that doesn't mean I'm scared of him. Just cautious. Because I'm not scared of the Undertaker. So I got to tell you, so the chain that they have, that's the urn melted? Yeah, yes. they melted down the yeah. urn. Okay. And that, the remnants were what the chain that uh, Mo was wearing. Yep. I liked this match. <laughs> I gotta what? say it. Oh, can we, can we before you actually get to that? Yeah. Can we talk about Doc Hendricks trying to sell WrestleMania the arcade oh. game on all ports? <laughs> yes. And can we talk about how? Can we talk about how expensive video games were? Ladies and gentlemen, for the Super Nintendo, that version of WrestleMania the arcade $65? game, sixty-five dollars, sixty-nine ninety-nine. That's asinine. For the Sega Genesis, it was sixty-five, sixty-four ninety-nine, and for the PlayStation One, for some reason, it was fifty-four ninety-nine. I'll, I'll buy the PlayStation. It's a wonder version. that parents and kids just couldn't afford shit. Yeah. Like we are, we whine and piss and moan about paying sixty bucks for games that take up two hundred hours of our time. Right. Today. Yeah. I. It's crazy that game prices have stayed stagnant or not dropped uh, since then. Uh, th- that's the game that's like kind of like a fighting game, right? And they got yeah, like it is. it's. I love everyone has powers. Like Undertaker can like shoot dust shoot or something. Ghosts, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's right. He shoots ghosts. I used, I used to thought I think it was dust. Too. Razor Ramon shoots razors. Hits people right? with tombstones and shit. Yeah. Yeah fun one very good fun. stuff i've played the game since i was a kid uh anyways yeah, I, I liked this match i gotta say it i liked this match i don't know why but i liked it what what'd you give it two and a half i gave it two and a quarter i gave it two uh yep. undertaker wins by the way uh it's just a big fight and i just like casket matches i don't know i thought it was fun mm-hmm. i knew mabel was gonna lose the match because the casket was the size of 500 regular men so <laughs> it was pretty obvious who's gonna lose the match uh undertaker has his mask at this point he's too. got his phantom of the opera mask which Good which luck. was mabel's fault because he broke his nose right uh his orbital oh, that's right he broke his orbital he leg dropped yeah, him yeah. and uh actually like yeah him. so then uh, there's a cool spot where mabel hit like a black hole slam and taker just sits right up yeah i love that the taker is very much like impervious to pain still kind of at this point oh yeah even though Mabel was the first man to pin him, he said. So that's something to a notch. And no, it was Hogan. Hogan definitely pinned him. Oh, well, I guess Mabel lied. Yeah, Hogan definitely pinned him well, for the title. Mabel also lied about being the third man. So. That's true. Hey, was that's it Tuesday true. in Texas when Hogan beat? I think it was Tuesday in Texas that uh, Taker beat him and uh, then Survivor Series that... He won it back. Yeah, That's right, because like he that. had that early title run, didn't he? Yeah. And Ho- that's right. Hogan beat him, though, for the title. Like yeah. days later. Yeah. It, it was like nine days. Yeah. Classic. Uh... At any rate, this match is pretty okay. Uh, Mabel get does get Undertaker in the casket at one point, but he forgets to close it, and he's like starts celebrating like he won the match, and he like puts his King Mabel crown on, and then he's like, I should probably close that, and then he goes to close it, and of course the Undertaker recovers. And, no, no, no. And Mo Mo's getting involved. Mo gets choke slammed out of his shoes. So does Mabel, by the way. Yeah, Paul uh, Bear is screaming something. Paul Bear is out outside. of control. And then eventually he gets Mabel in the casket and then he puts Mo in the casket for good measure. He goes to close it, but he grabs the chain, the urn chain, and then closes the casket in. 6-11. Yeah. This has got to be the shortest casket match of all time, right? Definitely. It's got to be up there at least. Two and a half is what I gave it. So I gave it two and a quarter. It was fine. This might have been my favorite Mabel match of all time. So let's let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk about yeah. our boy Viscera Mabel. What's your favorite Big Viscera Daddy Mabel? V. Big Daddy V moment. Can I pass? Nope. Uh, I guess. I, I love the Ministry. world's largest uh, love machine. Ministry. Yeah, the ministry. Same. Okay. So I'm going to ask you another question. And if you 
do not follow my rules on this one. I'm turning your mic off for the rest of the show. Okay. Well, what I'm is your favorite? You know how to do that. What is your favorite Undertaker moment? And if you say the Hell in a Cell, you're out. Because everybody always talks about that. Let's talk about something else. My favorite Undertaker moment? Yep. Besides WrestleMania's? Besides like the... Did, did I say WrestleMania or did I say well, Hell I mean, in a Cell? Everyone says Shawn Michaels. Him too. retiring Shawn. Yeah. That's yeah. a good one. Uh, I loved Undertaker and Kane though, man. I, I mean, dude, yeah, WrestleMania 20 as, as a kid... Seeing Taker come back, and we watched that live on pay per view. We turned all the lights off. Like I, I did I made, too. <laughs> I was, I was with my older brother. He's I did years, the same thing in my house. Older brother, ten years older than me. He's with all of his uh, high school slash college buddies, and I'm the only kid there. And I'm, I'm demanding they turn the lights off, and they're all just following suit. They're like, hell yeah! Like everyone was into that. So that moment was so surreal for me. Seeing him have somewhat long hair, seeing him back to the dead man that I grew up loving, was incredible. That was the start of his. Still current day character that he I mean, has. honestly, one of the, I mean, his best run. Yeah, ever. yeah. I got to tell you, SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain, you could unlock uh, Legend Undertaker. Yep, with and gloves. my cousin and Aaron and yep. me unlocked him one night, and we beat the whole game just playing That's as awesome. that old school Undertaker. Yeah. The only thing that pissed me off about that is that he didn't, he didn't have, have a theme, music. and he came out on the fucking cart. Yeah, I every, know, every, I hated every, it. All legend. the Legends came out on the cart in that game, yeah. yep. and it always bothered and me. it was just a WWF logo, or WWE logo swooshing. But uh-huh. you could change the music, so I'd always give him Undertaker's actual theme classic, song. Classic, classic. Undertaker's good, man. Yeah, he he's had some moments, man. That, there's so many good ones, too. I know. Like, like the Edge match, the feud with Edge, the feud with Batista. The, yep. There, I mean... There's just a ton. The JBL, the JBL stuff was great when he choke slammed him through the limo. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That was him great. and Kurt Angle had some bangers. Him and Lesnar had some bangers. He threw Rikishi I mean, off, a, there off was, of a hell in a cell into a bedding truck. A bedding truck. I, he, he wishes it was a bedding truck. It was like farm bedding. Is that what you call it? Mm-hmm. So does. All right. Anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, hanging people from symbols and shit. Like if yeah. there was a top guy, he faced him. Oh yeah, and he beat him. Yeah. Yeah, and, for and, sure. and and you can't really say it in the same vein that you can as like Hulk Hogan, like as that he that he buried people, like people can besides say, literally he literally buried yeah, a but few but people. like he would always give those people their wins back. Yeah, that's true. So like when the people say that Hogan and Bret Hart and all these guys, John Cena buried everyone, John or Undertaker well, always gave them their wins back. Yeah, true, true. And John Cena has totally redeemed himself. Oh, definitely. But yeah, at Cena one point, got enough wins. Yeah. Yeah. At one point, you know, same same thing. It's all whoever the top star is is always gonna. But Undertaker, Undertaker always gave those wins back. Um, one thing I did do want to say, the Taker mask is sick. Um, but like in '95, they just kept sticking him with super heavyweights. I know. And that kind of made for a boring year. Yeah. You know what, though? They kind of did that the his whole, whole career. They up would, until, like, 2006. No, they were still doing it with, like, Heidenreich. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. They would put him with all these big guys thinking Undertaker could get a big show. match out of them. I don't want to put Big Show in that vein as Cully and Heidenreich, though. As, as, like, what? Legend? No, I think Big Show could actually work a little bit. Those oh, other two couldn't. serious. Okay. I thought you'd never pass up the opportunity to say Kali's the greatest ever. He is. Uh, Sorry I was trying to give Undertaker his due, Luke, your favorite guy, and I was trying to talk him up, and you're just shitting oh, on by me. By the way, make sure you peep our Twitter and Facebooks, because we're rocking some Christmas yeah. parties today, and uh, you're going to want to see Relevant to what we just spoke about, and relevant to what we're about yes, to speak about. Yes, this whole pay-per-view. Uh, uh, it's already main event time, and uh, it's flying by, and this is going to be a backstage interview as Jim Ross is interviewing uh, Jim Cornette with Davey Boy Smith and Mrs. Davey Boy, as they call her. Uh, they don't <laughs> refer to her. Do they refer to her at, with her by her yes, actual? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they? Okay. a few times. Uh, 
And uh, I don't remember what they said. And then Todd Patton hey, goes with Jim Brett. Cornette is with them, though. And he has Santa Claus on his racket. Yeah, he's got like a Santa cover on his tennis it racket. It says ho, ho, ho on one side. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm not a Jim Cornette fan, but that's cool. That is cool. Jim I like it. I mean, he was he was a, a great, great manager. Great manager. And the he's main event. He's been talking. very quiet on Twitter lately. I wonder why. Yeah. And the main event is going to be the British Bulldog with Diana Hart and Jim Cornette versus Bret Hart for the WWF Championship that is around Bret the Hitman Hart's waist. What did you guys think of this match? I loved, loved it. it. Absolutely I loved it. I thought it was very, 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 very good. I liked it a lot. I... Uh, all three of the in your houses, the main event ruled. Uh, at one point, the, the really the drama out of this match is when Brett gets slammed into the ring post. And there was a sweet pile driver too. There were two good pile drivers two. in this match. But British Bulldog hit one, and Brett. But hit the, the Brett other. one was like a Brett one. Oh, I thought it killed Bulldog. The Brett for a one looked like it was way too low. Yeah, it did. That's why I was he, nervous. That's why he's the excellence of execution. Uh, baby. And Brett got his head slammed on the ring post, and he's bleeding pretty good. And. Uh, he really was selling that he was like dying from it too. I loved well, the selling he was doing while he was staggering around. And then and, at certain points, there's blood all over the mat. There's yeah. uh, bulldogs tights are soaked. Yeah. And then he, that when they went outside, the blue mats on the outside had puddles of blood. Yeah. There was blood everywhere. Good God. It was, it, he, everyone was wearing it. Uh, I love like one point he goes with a sharpshooter, but he collapses. He can't get it. Eventually he does get a nice, uh, comeback. And then Davy boy just hits this shoulder tackle that sends Brett, flying almost into the first row i thought that was pretty cool uh davy pulls the padding out outside of the ring nothing really happens with it uh you tease the suplex but we're not going to kill a guy today anyways uh really big superplex wow. by brett here and then they kind of trade Yo, crucifixes might be the i mean him and randy orton might have the best superplex. oh for ever. sure for sure there was some what there's something brett did in this match and i'm looking for it and it was something i'd never seen him do before and it was something really like modern are you oh Oh, it, was it wasn't the chest thing. No, was it, it was the snap German when he like got oh. him in the he like did like a flip over him and then he hit him with like the snap German suplex. Bro, that was he's really nice. so far ahead of his he's time. He's so good. I also love the he did this all the time, but sprinting into the turnbuckle post with his chest. Yes, and just seemed like he died. Yeah, I I mean I can't imagine that felt good. He just had so many. I mean, people talk about it, but they don't really get into too many specifics. He just had so many moves and so many little signature Brett things that he did better than anyone else. Like, I I don't I mean I don't know very many pile drivers that look that good. No, that was a really. I don't good know one. any superplexes that look that good. Yeah. Oh uh, God, he's good. He's good. He's, uh, he wins the match with a crucifix pinfall in twenty one oh nine. What'd you guys think? I gave it four stars. I thought it was. I gave it four and a half. Four and a half. I thought it was an excellent main event. Four and I and a half. I thought it was fantastic. Uh God, it was just really really good. I tell you what, man. I mean, Bret Hart, ultimate storyteller in the business. Yeah, for sure. But once once he he knows when to get color and he knows what it means. Yeah. For the sure. moment he got color, this whole match picked up. Yeah. A whole Instantly. Notch. Yeah. The crowd in the palm of their hand, every near fall was screeches. Yeah. Screeches from the crowd. And so I I think this was this is the best bulldog match I've ever seen. I don't know about you guys. I mean, probably. And this is one of Brett's best matches I've or, ever seen. Or the SummerSlam match against Brett, I think was better than this one. Oh, you think it was better? Yeah, I'd have to go back and watch it though for sure. Sure. It was uh, good. And so, that's how we go off the air. So if oh, you, Undertaker says some stuff, but dude. no, dude, that was okay. That was awkward. Did you guys watch that? Yeah. When Diesel and Undertaker like stood, you know, eye to eye. Yeah. Except for Diesel has like three inches on him. Yeah. Uh, and Takers was just like, <laughs> and Paul Bear, that's the way it's gotta be. It's and then gotta Paul Bear's just like, <laughs> yeah. But no, their actual dialogue was just like awkward, yeah, was, and then it took forever good. to cut off the camera. They're just like. <laughs> standing there <laughs> doe-eyed at each other and that's how we go off the air uh what did you guys think of the show what did you guys give it i give it a c i thought it was a pretty easy watch uh outside of that main event nothing that you is like must watch territory though right uh, uh i give it a b minus 
C plus B minus somewhere in that range. Yeah, me it was too. it was hard to pinpoint where. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was a lot of filler, but that main event was really good and there was nothing bad. Well, yeah. Except for Santa. True. But yeah. I mean a lot of filler in a two hour show is still not that much filler. That's you know? true. Like that's I'm so glad the show's two hours long. If yeah, this had been too. a three hour show, we're nope. talking about like a D nope. show. But it was yeah. It was it's I kinda wish and I know NXT shows were shorter for a while, but I kind of wish WWE would go back to only doing like major pay per views every couple months, and then like shorter, glorified it, house it shows, which drives, is what this was. Yes, this well was, in your house, yeah, yeah. So it just drives me nuts. Um, it'd be fun to see him go back to that. It's so refreshing every time we get to watch one of these. I know. Oh yeah, and that's the thing is, I it just I don't know. It makes me feel like we do need shorter shows in general. I enjoyed oh, it for though. sure. I enjoyed for it sure. a lot. Yes, I, I enjoyed did. it a I liked lot it. too. Um. So I have a bone to pick with everyone. Everyone. Oh. I am so fucking sick. Oh. Oh. The stupidity and negativity that I am seeing about everything. Everything. Like, I get that the WWE main roster hasn't been great. I get that. But when you start talking about NXT not being great or AEW not being great or Impact not being great, you're fucking wrong. Yeah. Man, wrestling is in a boom period right now. We should be all loving what we're seeing. Like, there's so much good wrestling. And if you don't like something, don't watch it. Yeah. I'm seeing some of the dumbest things I've ever seen. It's bad, dude. There, there are people just shitting all over stuff. Pe- people are mad about the shots AEW and WWE take. Spoiler alert, you wouldn't have made it in the Attitude Era. Yeah. There, there, there's no way you would have made it. They were era. they were more... I mean, WCW used to give away raw endings. Match w- WWE used to call ECW extremely crappy wrestling. Yeah. There was Gilbert. There was Oklahoma. Do you guys remember Oklahoma? Yeah. There was the big guy that was just making fun of JR on yeah. WCW. Oh, yeah. There was the BWO. Yeah. Like, as funny as they were, they were mocking the NWO. Yeah. And so now... There's so, yeah, there's so many more examples. Now and you know what? All that stuff outside of maybe giving away the match results, a lot of that stuff was really good. Yes. Like, let's not forget that. Yes, and you, wh- why are these guys being criticized for being prideful of their brand? It's ridiculous. One of the biggest pet peeves people had about WWE for a very long time was they did not acknowledge the outside world, right? Now, AEW is doing that. And they're getting criticized for it. And they're getting it. criticized for it. So what do you want? It's a zero-sum game. There's no... Well, shit, even WWE has gotten way better at that. Yeah. Right, but for the longest time, yes. it, you know... It was, we don't want to talk about Kurt Angle. We want to act like he's not real because he's gone. Right. Right. But then they got to the point where they just had so much outside indie talent and they knew They're people, like they were, knew, people were too yeah. smart. I think for me, the thing that's really bugging me right now, just with the stuffy internet wrestling community in general, is just not, they're not pleased with anything. Never. Anything. Fickle. Uh, and I'll get specific with it. Uh, I think the AW booking right now is kind of ingenious. Uh with with like one or two exceptions. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Not it's not perfect, but right. it's close. And I I like the way that they specifically and I, I mentioned this on Slam Chat the other night and I haven't really got a chance to talk about it cuz we haven't really been talking a ton about AEW in the past couple months, but since full gear really. I love how they're they are spacing their pay-per-views out every 3 it looks like 3 months it will be roughly, yeah. 2 to 3 months. But I love how they have you. You have the pay per view feuds. You can see. You can already see the Revolution card coming together. Yes. Yet you can still have workers have TV feuds that have their own TV payoffs, and they always feed into the pay per view feuds. And people don't seem to get it. And we talked about this. We, you and me, talked about this extensively. Yeah. What if somebody gets hurt? Yeah, they're gonna have a couple backup plans. There, you have backup plans. You. One thing that drives me nuts too 
is one. You're right. That is, I love that both NXT and AEW do it. AEW just makes it more people, easy to People see. just aren't used to long-term booking and wrestling anymore. Because they don't the, know how to digest it. Because WWE just blow, don't have patience in general. WWE yeah. blows their load. Yeah, they do three-week <laughs> stories, and yeah. sometimes you might get a second pay-per-view match if you're lucky. And other than Becky Lynch, what story has continually gone for more than a month or two Brock in the main Lesnar. roster? That's it. Brock Lesnar just dominating. Yeah, but Brock Lesnar disappears for three months at a time. Right. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen him since... Since Survivor Series, right? Yeah. Wait, was he even at Survivor Series? Yes, he. Oh, that's right. He wrestled Rey Mysterio. Yeah, that's the last time we've seen him. Okay, and then what happened with that Rey Mysterio storyline with Dominic and Brock Lesnar? It's been dropped. Yeah. Look at the Cain Velasquez thing. You have a perfect story right there, and you just blow it at Saudi Arabia. One match. But NXT and AEW both Impact too. Yeah, I they're all doing. The- I mean, yeah, Tessa Blanchard and Sam McCallum have been feuding since last year, but they all basically. have long-term storylines. Yeah, but that doesn't stop little storylines from happening in no. there. Like, I think a good example is let's look at let's look at uh, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. Sure, they're the obviously they're they're starting to set up for that match at Revolution. I'm assuming, and this is all very presumptuous, and it's still Correct. they're still a month and a half or more until that show, right? Two months, basically, until that Shit, show. Shit, they might even be selling it down, farther down the road. Yeah. Even. Uh, and So you have them constantly kind of going at each other, but then while that's happening, you have the Lucha Bros kind of messing with them, and you have Pat kind of messing with Omega. So you have a few different matches you can go to to fill that time so you're not just scraping the creative bucket right. to try and find anything to do to get to the pay-per-view. They're not... They're not they're not desperate to get to the next pay-per-view to pay off a story. They're they're putting their eggs in several different baskets so they can keep entertaining you while still reminding you that that story is there. And people are, are missing that in droves. I don't understand. But so here's the thing. And they're not even seeing it in NXT because Adam no. Cole's doing the same thing. Yeah, Adam Cole's doing the same thing. He's feuding right now with Gargano, Ciampa, Keith Lee. He was with everybody. He had, the world. Pete, he had yeah. Pete Dunne in there too. Yeah. It's just not as obvious. Yeah. Because they're, they're much more... Which is funny because... NXT is kind of much more like the sporty wrestling show, which is kind of yeah. what everyone thought AEW was going to be. But they're definitely the more like, if you watch NXT, it's pretty much straight I mean, wrestling. wrestling. Match after match after match, which is great. It's great. And AEW is kind of the same way, except they throw a few They're more leaning action. more into the story stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I know... The more Dynamites we see. I mean, yeah. and I, I'm going to name drop Meltzer on this one. He hated Dynamite last week. I did not hate he Dynamite. He said that it was a tipping point for AEW in the ratings war. He thinks the rating war is over because of the Dark Order stuff last week. That Which is how the Dark Order should have been presented the whole time. People complain and complain and complain that, that the Dark Order wasn't working. And then they start doing these video packages. And they're like, oh, the Dark Order is kind of starting to get over. And then they show up and they're like, oh, man, the Dark Order sucks. You can't have it both ways. Yeah. Well, the nightmare. Just, hey, can we agree that the nightmare collective sucks, though? It does. That's when you said when you said ingenious booking. The literally the first thing that came to my mind was like, well, that's bad. That's really bad. But well, I just mean their 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 long term booking. I think is second to none in, in right. all of wrestling right now. Maybe New Japan has some pretty decent long term booking ideas. But who's the bald guy that she kisses in the vignette? We don't know yet. We don't know yet. It's it's a story. That's pretty sure. I, it's, I'm pretty sure it's Billy Corgan though. <laughs> and, and they're going to reveal the NWA and AEW have a long-term relationship because did you guys see this is kind of news I guess we could have addressed in the beginning Cole Cabana is going to be doing commentary on Dark this week I saw that it's pretty cool but anyway I just there's, it's, it's a lot I I thought about leaving Twitter for a while there, there's man I'm even seeing people shit on the Tessa Blanchard Sally, Sammy Callahan feud, I know which could be the best feud of the last year yeah I mean it's up to, I'm, I mean spoiler alert I'm thinking about giving that to my best rivalry of the year when we do yeah, our I've show next week yeah I've been thinking it too yeah it's been really good I just 
I don't get it. Why? We've been begging for something. We've been begging for a change, and we get three, and we're still complaining. We get a revolution. Yeah. We have AEW. We have Impact. We have WWE main roster. We have NXT. We have New Japan. We have Ring of Honor. We have it all. We have MLW. There's something that you can watch and not bitch about. And I I know we were negative on the WWE for a while, but you know what I've been doing? Not watching it. Yeah. I've been watching AEW. I've been watching NXT instead. I, I, I'm not going to waste my time being negative about a product that I'm not even invested in. There's just there's just too many stupid, miserable people that can have their opinions validated very easily. So everyone's a friend of the podcast, unless you're a stuffy internet fan. I, ju- I just want yourself. people to enjoy to enjoy wrestling. Yeah. And like, it's not that hard. There's so many different outlets now. And like, I know we're critical about things, but that's what we do on this yeah. podcast. It's okay to be critical about things that deserve criticism. We could but just say yay, yay, yay the whole time. To you just, guys probably would not listen to To just much. find a reason to complain about things, to me, is the is the problem. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Definitely. And I've criticized AEW. Like, I'm not trying to be an AEW fan. I don't boy. like the Brandy stuff. I don't like the Brandy stuff. I think there's been, you know, the tag team rules, I was kind of on them for that. But that's getting better. Yeah. But... Man, there's some good stuff. Yeah. It's been a good show. There hasn't been a week I no. haven't liked. Between NXT and AEW, Wednesday is like this is like the saving grace of wrestling days for me. Yep. Wednesday is fantastic. It's the best day in wrestling of the week. And man, we got stars. We have yeah. stars in wrestling on Wednesday nights. Yeah, Chris Jericho. I uh, dude, I saw people comparing Adam Cole and Chris Jericho the other day. Wow. Like what? trying to say, oh well, Adam Cole's better and Chris Jericho's better. Why are we comparing a 50-year-old to a 30-year-old? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What? Why is this but, a comparison? What? kind of apples and oranges. I mean, I get the comparison because they're the, both the main brand's main champion. But, like, just enjoy them. That's literally the only comparison. They have long hair. Like, what? <laughs> right? I mean... I mean, dude, once 50... This is, like, this is like in 2002 if we're like, well, you know, Kurt Angle is better than Hulk Hogan. Well, no shit. <laughs> right? Wow. Yeah. Obviously, Adam Cole's going to be having a better work rate right now than Chris Jericho. Well, yeah, and that's the thing, but Chris Jericho's making up. Chris and, Jericho's so entertaining. So, so I mean, his work rate has been very, like, above expectation. Oh, for been sure. Very good. For sure. But, good God, he's supplementing that with some of his best promo work ever to date. Yeah. His matches have been good, and his promos have been good, and people are still calling him fat. JR Fat. It's the holidays. Let's be positive. Yeah. Everybody, just enjoy it, wrestling. And you guys think just you're going to get a little bit of bubbly for Christmas? I hope so. Wouldn't that be sick? A little bit of the bubbly? But yeah. I do want to say... A little bit of the bubbly bubbly? I do want to say, well, we are taking a group of our listeners. We've all bought tickets. We're all going to NXT TakeOver. In February. This February, is... And Portland. we will be talking about that show. I that's, cannot wait. Yeah, we're going to be reviewing that show. So before we get to the questions, I'm just going to kind of run down a few things. Yeah. So next week, we are doing a best of... That a year review, yeah. Yeah, year review, just kind of a best of 2019. Still working on my list. It's still fluctuating. Oh, yeah, it, it's going... Day. Going back and forth and back and forth. It's been uh, quite the year. That's then it sure. looks like we're doing Royal Rumble 1999. At the yes. January 8th. Then January 15th, we're doing Hard to Kill Impact 2020. Can't wait. First pay-per-view of the year. Then we're doing the Royal Rumble 92. Then we're going to be doing the Royal Rumble ni- uh, 2020. going to be a Rumble-heavy month of January. February, we're going to do a No Way Out 2009. Nice. And oh, then yeah. the second week of February, we are doing a wedding show. We're going to look, yeah, at, we're gonna all look at all the WWE weddings. weddings. So or not WWE, wrestling. Wrestling, wrestling yeah. weddings. Then we're going to do NXT TakeOver Portland, and then we're going to be getting ready for some chamber action. We're going to do Elimination Chamber 2013 with yeah. The Rock and CM Punk. Oh, God. Can't wait. Uh, we got some good shows coming up. Inject this content. And then uh, March 4th, we will be covering AEW Revolution, March 11th, oh. uh, Elimination Chamber 2020, 
And March 18th, we will be looking at Hogan versus The Rock at WrestleMania 18. 18? We got a fun, we got a fun, you're going to be wanting to, you're going to want to listen to these shows. Should we get to calls? Yes, let's do it. We got Keegan. Keegan Keegan must be bored on break from school because he was on one this morning. But Keegan, I like these. And they're all pretty good, so we're going to play all four of them. And then, of course, the real DZ is going to close us out. The last call of 2019, whatever year we're in, is going to go to the real DZ. I can't think of a better, more fitting way to end the year. Let's go to Keegan first, though. Hey, big boys. Merry Christmas. So I have this booking of uh, Macho Man Randy Savage if he would have returned in 2002. And I decided to go with the route of Vince McMahon coming out as the, as the last segment of No Way Out 2002 and challenging Randy Savage at WrestleMania 18. Because we saw Vince did have a really good string of WrestleMania matches at 17 and 19 and 22. And plus, Randy, too, was around 47, 48, but he was still in great shape. So I think he could have pulled off another one to two year run. I had Randy Savage return in his first televised appearance at WrestleMania 18 and beat Vince McMahon in a no-holds-barred match. And from there, Randy Savage would sign with Raw later on in the year and he would get one last world championship reign. Maybe two, depending on how how far you want to read into the booking. Let me know what you guys think and how would you have wanted Randy to have returned in 2002. The crazy thing to me is that he goes through that whole question and maybe he's just feeding it to us. He doesn't mention Hogan once. Oh, he's got a whole he's got a whole bunch of stuff about this, but he's just giving it to asking us what we think. Me and him have been talking all time. I mean, I, I think that would have been cool. I, I would have liked to have seen a a, a Hogan or that, Hogan a, a Savage McMahon match at WrestleMania. Let, I mean, give that shit give that shit six months to build. Yeah, Hogan yeah. and Savage. Oh my god! You mean Vince and Savage? Oh no, I mean Hogan and. Savage. Oh, you want to do Hogan Savage eighteen? Um, no, or, I think or 19, like SummerSlam. I think or nineteen I, in Seattle. Yeah, I think I think. Because eighteen, what, the Rock and Hogan had to happen. That was amazing. What about what about this? What about this? Uh-oh. So, go with what he's saying, Macho and Vince, right? Okay. And then you start building up, and you have Vince and Shane beating up on Hulk, and Macho's kind of gone away. Mega Powers reunite at nineteen in Seattle to face the McMahons. Oh, in a no holds barred match. Now that's some fantasy booking right so that's, there. Yeah, putting personal. That's shit getting aside. my pee pee hard. Dude. And then if you really want to make it even hotter. You put Rowdy Roddy Piper as a guest referee. Oh, which way is Piper turning? Is he going to join Vince or is he good? Because he ended up coming in that match. Yeah, and uh, turning on Hogan. But what side is he going to be on? That'd that would have been fun. awesome. That would have been awesome. I th- I think with your talk about one more reign for Savage, why not? I think one is appropriate. Yeah, yeah one, and yeah. It, it could be like a twenty day reign. Yeah, sure. He could he could win it at one pay per view, lose it the next. Well, Did I'd be he happy? What was? Does any? I mean, this is a quite the question, but what was Savage's last? Like televised match. It was TNA. him, AJ Styles, and Jeff Hardy versus Jeff Jarrett, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall. And TNA. Yep. Nice. Victory Road, I believe. Okay. 2004, mm, 2005. Like somewhere Shall I move on with the slew of Keegan questions? Yes. The slew. Let's move on. Hey, big boys, it's Keegan. Hey. Uh, I have a question regarding WrestleMania 36. Uh, we've seen over the last few years how excessively long these WrestleMania shows are getting. And even as diehard wrestling fans, I think we can all agree that midway throughout the show, we are absolutely dead tired, Um, which kind of makes the show drag and it's not really as fun as it should be. Do you guys believe that uh, WrestleMania should resort to a two-day event due to the length of these shows? And then that way we can get two WrestleMania main events, which means um, to the casual viewer, the... Um, main event people of that show will have better star power or do you think they should still stay with the really long one night event 
You know, that's a good question. I think I think making it. I mean, it already is a weekend extravaganza, right? I, the only thing you have takeover. You have the, the whole. Yeah, thing. the only thing is you have takeover right. and the Hall of Fame to book around. So it's it's logistically difficult. I like the idea. Wrestle Kingdom's doing a two night event this year for the first time. I believe for the first time. I could be wrong about that, but. Uh, I mean, I think it, the the idea of a two night like show in general, like how that's the logical next step for WrestleMania, right? Like, yes, is to go to two nights. However, like Kyle said, with Takeover, with Hall of Fame, unless they're gonna just merge Takeover and WrestleMania and have it be one event. Uh, I mean, you'll have a lot of extra time, but at the expense of NXT storytelling, it's a difficult question. I would like in a perfect world, sure, why not? Because you know, you could right. cut a lot of fat off WrestleMania, though. Yeah, you could. They're yeah. not going to, but you could. There yeah. is shit that's just there. What yeah. do you guys the think? Battle Royals? Let's kind of like yeah, pi- oh yeah. uh, to piggyback off that question. What what's the tipping point? How long is WrestleMania going to be at its longest? Do you think? Give me a, f- a five hour show, counting the pre show, and I'm happy. What was it last year? Six. Uh, it was like eight, eight with the pre show. Oh Are we gonna? God. Do you think we'll ever see a double? Do you think we're gonna see a ten hour WrestleMania? I could see it. But the fans are so burnt out at that point. I know. Bro, that'd be a se- watch- that'd be I could see them like a seven hour main show, three hour pre show. Can I be honest with you guys? Uh huh. Sometimes three hour pay per views are too much for me. Yeah. That, I just don't like the I mean, this. I mean, again, hours. this is a very appropriate question for him to ask this week because we just watched a very short, concise two hour show and it felt good to watch such a short it felt show. Great. I think WWE could take some lessons from the way they used to book their pay per views and give us some shorter shows. I mean, just just the fact that it and we love wrestling. I mean, we have we we do this every week because right. we love wrestling, right? But we commit so much energy and time, yeah, into, into watching these long ass shows. Yeah, I don't want to see a ten hour WrestleMania. No. I don't want to see another eight. I don't want to see. I repeat the last. Give year. me five, and then every other pay per view three, except for Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, and SummerSlam at four. Yes. Yeah, I'm totally cool. With I that. Really, stop having pay per views every. Month. I really liked that Bound for Glory was three hours because they put so much in the Bound for Glory. And they yeah. gotta you gotta include pre show in that. Yeah, time. yeah. Because people, I mean, if you're watching WrestleMania, you're if likely not, gonna don't be have a damn pre show. Which I get, you're trying to sell people. Dude, all, you could you could do it with like, thirty minutes. You could do it with like the video packages and stuff without the matches, like t- Impact does. Yeah, and I'd be totally one hour long. That. That's all you need is an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the next Keegan question here. Keegan part three. Hey, big boys, it's Keegan. Hey. Um, so regarding the brand split for uh, SmackDown and Raw, do you guys believe? I, this question has two parts. Do you guys believe that Raw and SmackDown should go back to brand-exclusive pay-per-views so more uh, people can get more opportunities? And also, do you think WWE on the main roster should use more WCW concepts, such as Halloween Havoc and Starcade? I know they have Starcade as a house show, but I believe they should make it a big five uh, to the big four pay-per-views. And I also think Halloween Havoc would be great for uh, October as well. So what do you guys think uh, of both uh, questions? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Kill the gimmick show. Bring back. Halloween Havoc in October is fantastic. Bring back Halloween Havoc. Sure. Make Starcast a big bring deal. Bring back No Mercy. Yeah. Bring but, back. But Starcade, yes, so. I, my biggest said complaint. Starcast again, didn't I? Yeah. Yes. God damn it. My biggest complaint has been that uh, the roster split, they're not giving them their own pay-per-views. Yeah, they need their own pay-per-views. That way, you can start to do some of the more long-term booking because you don't have to be booking a show every four weeks. Right. You can Just, give six-week six to eight week storyline to finally come to fruition and then i think the wrestlemania war rumble survivor series all those are going to be co-branded and then just do i mean as soon as as late as 2016 they were doing co-band pay-per-views but they didn't the storytelling wasn't there to flesh them out here's the thing if you do i mean which i totally i totally agree i totally agree that there should be shows separate pay-per-views right for each brand um but as long as it's not 
such a lazy overarching storyline if our show's better all the time? Well, it wasn't in like 2003, 2004. I mean, it felt like they tried to do... The announcers were always at each other's throats, right? I mean, they were. it was always trying to one-up the other brand, and it was always like yeah. they were keeping score. Yeah. And it's like, yes, I understand that there was no actual competition, uh, you know, in other promotions, so you had to replicate yeah. that that competition, but we're not... I mean, there's competition now. We're not stupid. Right. Don't, don't play that out. Right. Don't play that out. That's where I'm at with that. What's yeah. his next one? And last but not least for Keegan oh, before yeah, we go to DZ. Them. Let's see what he's got to say. Hey, big boys. Uh, I have uh, a question regarding King Corbin. I see a lot of people on Twitter. They give this guy grief for his his work. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't mind his work. I really do not mind the heel work of King Corbin. I think he's being a heel and heels are supposed to be hated. And I think he's exactly doing his job. My only gripe is that dog food segment. I think the dog food segment was absolutely terrible and it was awful. But other than that, I think King Corbin has been knocking this gimmick out of the park. And I think it's been a lot better than anybody thought. I really think it's underrated. Um, my Like again, minus the dog food segment and maybe the match quality a little bit. I think King Corbin's been knocking it out of the park and he's been doing his job of being a real heel and being vilified, hated, and booed. What do you guys think? Well, last week you guys were pretty. I mean, you guys said you were I'm over just, it. I'm right? just over the king gimmick. Just I don't like in the king general. I, I like, love Corbin. Corbin's a great dick. Corbin radiates heat. Nice. I just the king thing has been done so to death. I don't need to see a king anymore. You know, even if they win King of the Ring. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I, I like Corbin. I still, I still think it's fine. And I, he mentioned the dog food thing, and Corbin's had to overcome some shit booking. Yeah, he has some shit he booking, but he really has. He really has. Uh, he's really only. Oh, excuse me. One of the only true heels. Like he's an old, old school. Yeah, he's an old school anymore. heel. It's like, oh, you hate seeing me on TV. Well, that's kind of the point. Yeah, and you get to see him lose a lot too, which is kind of the point. Yeah, the comeuppance. Yep. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, I I think it's the king thing is just a little. Eh. But I don't mind Corbin's match. Corbin in general, I'm totally on board. I I mean, I've been not to sound like all high and mighty, but I've been singing Corbin's praises for years. I've been singing this theme song for years. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a classic. That's true. They gotta like, stop that stupid King stuff and yeah. the song though, because that song slaps on its own. It doesn't need the stupid ass shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're gonna yeah. end. We're gonna end this week with the real DZ has some thoughts and, and, to share with us. And the the year. And the year. That's right. Let's see what he has to say to end our calls hey, for the year. Big boys and body slams. This hey. is oh, he's once feeling again. It. Your pal. Uh huh. Say it with me. We will. The, the real DZ, the professional wrestler. We really oh, rushed. Busta. Back with a fantasy book warfare. Yeah. Question Woo-hoo. for you. I apologize Ooh. if I've asked this question before, but I'm curious. With the Royal Rumble looming around the corner. We've never seen a Hall of Famer come back and win. If anybody in the WWE Hall of Fame could achieve another main event at WrestleMania via the Royal Rumble match, who would it be? Keep up the good work, big boys! Yes, sir. Snoop Dogg. Oh, Snoop Dogg. You think you know me. Edge, yeah, it's it's got to be Edge or Bob Backlund. Um, also, wait, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Real quick, yeah, we, we went through a, a Bret Hart main evented pay per view. Uh, Kyle, do you have to? Do you have anything to say to Dakota Zankner, the Ultimate Bret Hart fan? 
Yeah, uh, I don't think Bret Hart should be the one that comes in and wins the Royal Rumble after <laughs> being in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. But uh, also, Bret screwed Bret. Oh, I wasn't gonna say that, dude. This, this wow, this are is, you kidding me? This is Zach? about being oh, thankful. Sorry, guys. This is about being thankful, man. V- Vin- you know what? This is for you, Dakota. Vince screwed Brett. <gasps> that was just for you, buddy. I just don't like saying, saying curse words like "screw" on my podcast. But oh, yes, sorry. it has to be Edge. It he, does. I mean, it does. If, if he's getting cleared, it it's got to be right, unless Xbox Bully Ray. To win it? To win the Royal Rumble? I don't know, man. That's the only two I can think of. Yeah, you're you're a crazy. silly goose, dude. You're crazy. I'm just trying to think of guys that could still go. You're being silly. I'm a you're silly crazy. goose. Look I at this mean, silly goose over here. When are they going to put The Rock in, by the way? John Cena. Pardon me? <sighs> Probably. They're going to go in the same year? Austin. I don't know if Austin has it in him. So oh, I mean, if, if, that would if, be so sick. Oh, my God. If you were, if you were I'd like, scream give, like a child. Yeah, it's... But it's got to be Edge, right? Yeah, it's got to be, be Edge. Anyways. This year. Well, that's going to do it for 2019. Ooh. I just want to thank everybody who's sticking with us and going along this ride. It's been a... It's been fun. It's been I'm a crazy glad, year. We're 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 we got through it. I hope everybody has an incredible holiday season. And we'll see you on the we'll first. We'll see you on New Year's Day to talk about the year in review. Thank you, everybody, for listening this year. Let's see what 2020 has in store. Hey, boys. Hey, hey, wait. Merry hey, Christmas, guys. Let's be more positive in the new year. That's new, right. New, new year, year, new year's resolution. Power Not positivity? just us, just wrestling in general. Yeah. Let's oh. just be happier. Let's do it. Let's love it. Let's Two. Go. Sweet. 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 <laughs>